Hi, uh, today's August 10, 2022, and this is Dr. Randall Bach uh, bringing you a uh, coronavirus conversation or thoughts off the top of my head, however you want to look at it. Um, I uh, am kind of feeling under the weather a little bit, um, not that it should matter. I don't think it's going to be transmissible over the video, um, but I had some, uh, you know, kind of uh, chills and so forth. Uh, we used to call that a summer cold. It's summer here. Uh, I'm as tan as I get. I've been out and about. Um, I took a nap um, this afternoon. I was exhausted. I feel better now. Um, I'm hoping to feel better tomorrow. My wife had almost the same thing a day or two ago. Um, you know, we used to talk about the cold. Uh, and I like to reiterate that um, you can do the Google uh, search filter before 2019 or whenever, and you'll find that about one out of five, one out of six of the common colds circulating are slash were coronaviruses. So there are different types. I think the major ones are adenovirus, rhinovirus, um, RSV, um, respiratory syncytial virus, uh, and coronavirus. And there are, you know, I, I don't have the others at the top of my head, but you get the idea. Uh, this was nothing to write home about. And you know, if we could use the men in black uh, memory ablator, um, and get rid of all uh, recognition and um, uh, memory of the pandemic, COVID-19, et cetera, um, you know, we would think we're just having common colds right now. Uh, we wouldn't bother to go check for coronavirus. Uh, we wouldn't be testing. People are getting in this kind of thing. Uh, I had a, a college friend who wrote to me today. Um, I had found a, an ancient manuscript of his, uh, a play he wrote, I guess, in the 80s. Um, or 70s or whatever, and uh, he wants it back, but he's under the weather. And he said, lo and behold, I can't, I can't explain. I've been traveling and I feel sick and my COVID test came out negative. Like, what's up with that? Well, that's one of the 80% of common colds that are not uh, coronavirus. Uh, I like to point out that our uh, influenza uh, recognition and probably testing as well has gone effectively to zero. I think we've gone through about two years of people not having influenza. And it's not because the flu shots all of a sudden got so miraculously better. Uh, we're gonna go into a little bit of detail about uh, what comprises a flu shot. Um, and, uh, um, you know, there's there's kind of a few kind of regular actors they put in the, the mix. It's kind of a cocktail like a Manhattan or something like that. Um, or a Moscow mule. <laughs> um, the, there's uh, some of the, I think, H3 hemagglutinin uh, variety and an H couple, you know, an H1 background uh, so that you'll have some of the, it, it basically influenza year by year is kind of like a, a an ar one arm bandit with two windows. There's H and N. So it goes H3, N2, H5, N7, uh, H1, N8, whatever. Uh, there are certain more common than others. I think there's 11 of uh, one and 18 of the other. So it totals up to like 198 possibilities of influenza year by year by year by year. And since people only live, you know, kind of median age, uh, I don't know, life expectancy depend. you know, at birth is in the 70s, but once you're alive, it's in the 80s. Um, so you don't necessarily live long enough to see every single one of them. And there are more, there are some that are more common than others. I th think, you know, the, the researchers are only reported 135 out of that 198. Uh, so some of them might not be potent enough to really cause problems here, don't get measured, or the combinations don't occur in other animals, which act as reservoir for influenza. But I think all said and done, there are about you know, 30, uh, 35 more regular actors were in rotation. Uh, so the, the great Spanish flu of 1918, I think came around again, I think it was the 50s or 60s, uh, I think it was called the Hong Kong flu at one point. Don't quote me on that, but you can look it up. Um, 
And it didn't cause the same damage because people had flu shots at that time. And in 1918, they hadn't. Um, overall, I've pointed out before that, you know, naive or, or virgin to a vaccine, uh, I would rather get coronavirus, COVID-19, the original ancestral version than the Spanish flu um, without a vaccine. Because I think that, you know, clearly caused more of a pack, uh, a pa excuse me, a punch uh, back in 1918, 1919 and so forth uh, than anything that coronavirus did in the full year uh, before vaccines were invented. Um, you know, the reason that we don't really hear much about influenzas on the same scale is that we have uh, flu shots, uh, but we have them prophylactically. They may not be perfect. I understand that. But they're always in advance of the wave of flu. Um, this is in contradistinction to what is being applied now, uh, post facto, after the fact, um, wherein we're getting, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, arm twisting, uh, coercion, uh, government pressure, job pressure and so forth um, to um, have the vaccine when they, you know, almost figuratively, but liter almost literally, uh, the horse has left the barn. That, that one is long gone. Uh, there was a cartoon from the New Yorker. Uh, maybe somebody can post it. Uh, these snails, they're wearing cowboy uh, clothes. And, um, and one snail is about three inches down the road. And the other ones are going to you know, make a posse to go get him. He's the bad guy. And uh, they're like, oh, forget about it. He's long gone. He's like, three, you know, for a snail, that, that's going to take a long time. But in, in, in you know, virus terms, the ancestral version, the, the big bad meanie um, is gone. And it's not coming back because there's a bulwark of immunity, whether it's a vaccine or natural immunity, and and things keep mutating. The odds and likelihood it's going to mutate back into the original version is low, uh, unless of course it's released from, uh, you know, a repository someplace. I'm sure a lot of people uh, have it now, not just Wuhan, China. So you know there were isolates and so forth. So I guess you know down the road, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, uh, you know, people could re-release um, uh, the COVID-19 Wuhan flu, um, and and see what happens. But you know, there's some tapering of, of natural immunity, excuse me, of, of immunity. It happens more quickly with vaccine immunity than with full-fledged natural immunity. Uh, nonetheless, I don't think I don't think the COVID-19 era of kind of higher case fatality rates is coming back. Uh, since that time, there has been um, a gradual decrease in um, uh, case fatality. Uh, I like to look at Europe rather than the United States. Um, and I have this up, I don't think I have it up today, um, but there's a nice um, chart at ourworldanddata.org um, or .com, and you can find it. I, I'll be happy to put up a link. Um, I take out the U.S. one because I, I think we are going out of our way to uh, test slash overtest uh, for coronavirus uh, because there are financial incentives and political incentives to do so. So there's a, uh, you know, I think COVID-19 was instrumental as used as a political wedge, uh, whether you like it or not, uh, to get rid of our erstwhile president, uh, the 45th, and to usher in the 46th, um, you know, a gentleman who uh, stayed indoors uh, the entire election. So it's an oddity that he, you know, got the most votes ever. Um, but it, it certainly was a useful cudgel uh, to pry open uh, easier uh, and less um, kind of like monitored um, uh, voting, uh, the so-called mail-in ballots. And and, you know, I'm going to not get into election stuff, but uh, it certainly was easier then to vote uh, than ever before. And so there's always kind of a, you know, quasi-emergency to keep things in the forefront in case, you know, that needs to be trotted out potentially. Uh, what we hear and see about, you know, for instance, monkeypox is not an emergency. I think it might have been declared some kind of emergency, but it's not an emergency unless your behavior veers a particular way. And even then it accompanies uh, almost zero deaths. So it's a direct contact, uh, ain't a genital um, 
uh, with frequent, uh, you know, partners, probably skin uh, slash uh, tissue breakages, uh, letting in a virus into your body. Um, ugly, you know, kind of unsavory stuff to ponder. And it's been mostly so associated with gay orgies. Um, so, you know, there's very little, oddly enough, um, you know, we heard, you know, uh, you know, distancing uh, uh, masks and all that kind of stuff for COVID-19 endlessly. And if, and if monkeypox indeed is an emergency, then we should be hearing uh, the same thing to stay away from uh, orgies of that type. Um, I'm doing my part so far. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, you can let us know. Um, what else? So the main thrust in the title of today's talk is COVID-22. And there is somebody who mentioned this term a year ago, and I actually put it in my overturning Zika book because I was making the same point then, um, but it wasn't really kind of lifted up and carried through social media. So if you want to do the same, uh, you know, let me know. And uh, I'm not the coiner of this term, but I, I would like it to be a term of art. Um, I think we should stop talking about COVID-19. Now, there is a minor distinction that, you know, like HIV and AIDS, you know, everyone's heard about AIDS at the beginning, but then the HIV became talking about the virus and AIDS is the illness. So not everybody with HIV has full-blown AIDS. Um, not, every, not everybody with SARS-CoV-2, which is the name of the virus, it's the sudden uh, adult uh, respiratory syndrome um, virus from 2003, China, uh, COVID coronavirus 2, it's the second one in that uh, realm. Uh, there was a, a Middle East respiratory syndrome uh, in the intervening years and very little else. Uh, the fact that it showed up in Wuhan, China at the location of the Institute of Virology, I think is more than coincidence. Um, but, you know, it's been massaged one way or another. I think that certainly uh, Occam's razor um, would, would dictate that's where we should be looking because they did have samples. And apparently uh, there's um, a great video by uh, Matthew Tai, T-Y-E, um, who goes by the handle Lao, Y-L-A-O-W-H-Y-6, which is hard to remember. Um, but he kind of details the, you know, he does the forensics of the Wuhan virology lab at that time when there were um, turnovers and people missing and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm pretty much on board that it was released. I don't think it was advertently. I think it was a mistake. Um, if it had been done advertently, I don't think they would have, you know, it would have cropped up to the same extent in China per se, but I'm not a spy uh, as far as you know. <laughs> and I, if I am, I can't tell you. Um, anyway, so why is it important to talk about COVID-22? Well, I, I, I kind of bundle it in the um, COVID-19, the virus, SARS-CoV-2, and COVID-19, the illness. Um, and that has disappeared, but we keep seeing COVID-19 showing up in the headlines. And I'm going to get to a couple of these uh, right off the bat. So um, uh, where's one? So here, it, I mean, everything makes a little bit more sense if you don't put COVID-19 in the equation. So um, so let's see, President Biden double boosted. So that means he had not one, not two, not three, but four, count them, four uh, vaccinations with the mRNA uh, vaccine um, against COVID-19. So he is in a good position to fight COVID. Well, ideally and theoretically, he wouldn't be getting it at all. Um, and here's, uh, where's the money line? Let's see, um, let's see if I can find it. Where's 19? Oops. Um, so I, let's see, I'm getting a little mess, you know, blocking here. Okay, uh, we have to continue to use the tools effectively to minimize the se severe impact of COVID-19. Um, uh, and it's also mentioned, I think early on in the, in the page that he has 
Um, oh, here it goes right here. The second U.S. I apologize for this. So I'll make it a little bit bigger so I both of us can read it. Uh, the second U.S. president infected by the coronavirus is in a much more favorable position to fight COVID-19 than the first. So Mr. Trump did get COVID-19 when President Trump was sickened in 2020 before the rollout of vaccines. He experienced COVID symptoms severe enough, blah, 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 blah. But President Biden, who tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, this is probably true. This he did test for the coronavirus, but it's not necessarily even in the lineage of COVID-19. COVID-22 is Omicron, and Omicron is um, maybe not even linearly uh, related. So, you know, there's you out there and there's me, and I like you and all that, but we're not probably not related unless you go way, way back on uh, some common ancestor. I've got my family and so forth. There's some people, uh, sadly, who look a little bit like me and vice versa. Um, and But but COVID-22, Omicron does not look that much like, um, like COVID-19. I had a graph up, uh, which I'm not going to be able to pull up fast enough, uh, today uh, to show this, that, you know, there are, I think, 50, five, zero mutations between Omicron and the ancestral version. Uh, the early Greek letter uh, versions, alpha, beta, delta, um, which are the more popular, uh, you know, ones that, that cause more um, uh, problems um, around the world. I think delta was the India version. Uh, beta, I think, was the South Africa version. Alpha, I forget. Um, um, but those have mutation differences from the ancestral version in the low uh, tens or so, 10 to 15 uh, mutation. And, and, and Omicron is, is kind of far, far away. And there are papers positing that there's one of four possibilities. Um, and, and one of them is, came from mice more recently, has nothing really to do with us. Another one is that it is from having vaccinated immunocompromised um, uh, uh, humans uh, who basically will uh, harbor and reproduce more effectively some other uh, vaccine because they don't have a good immune system, but they do have theoretically protection against the ancestral version spike protein. So it's kind of a way, it's, we see this with um, giving antibiotics to cows. Um, it, they put it in their feed, you know, regardless of whether they're having illness and whatnot. And at the end of the day, they've, they've built up uh, antibiotic resistant bacteria. Now, bacteria and viruses are very, very different. You know, viruses are just a little bit of genome. They're not technically alive themselves. Uh, they're hijackers in a sense, but they're, you know, quasi dormant. Um, and bacteria, you know, size-wise, I think, you know, if a, if a virus were the size of my phone, um, a bacterium would be the size of, of, you know, say, your bedroom. So they're very different creatures. I get it. But the same kind of population uh, push happens when you get rid of um, or protect against one, then, then there's going to be an invasion from another era uh, or area. Uh, we saw this, you know, after 9-11, um, you know, nobody came in with box cutters, but then there was the shoe bomber. Uh, so now we take off all our shoes and people, you know, will invariably try other ways. Uh, before those, I mean, people, uh, there was a huge bombing, um, you know, a series of them uh, with just kind of people putting suitcases in, uh, but not being on the flight. So that got stopped. And so it's always kind of a, after the fact, we're always trying to cover up the last vulnerability. We see this, you know, with hackers and whatnot. I think Catch Me If You Can is a version of this. You know, they wind, they wind up hiring Frank Abagnale. Um, to work for the airlines because he's good at, at penetrating uh, the, the uh, bad defenses. So uh, this happens with, with virions. So I'm going to get back to uh, what I'm doing here um, and talking about COVID-22. Um, so let's see if I can. Uh, uh, so a lot, of, a lot of things will be explained, uh, <laughs> you know, my child, if you, what is it? What, what's the one from the Kung Fu guy? I forget what he says. Uh, but here's NPR. 
this is just very fairly recent, a couple of weeks ago. Even if you're the president, it's hard to avoid a breakthrough COVID infection. So, so what's wrong with this? This is also not true. Um, and here they use the same terminology. Um, Biden arrives at the White House, da, 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 he had tested positive for COVID-19. This is incorrect. So he's a 79 year old. He's not the best, most virile looking 79 year old either, as we have seen uh, with his positive test for COVID-19. This is not true. So these are, he, he has a test that's positive for coronavirus, which may overlap with the appearance of COVID-19. So COVID-19 can make this turn positive, but, but also COVID-20, COVID-21, COVID-22 can also make it positive. And po very possibly COVID-17, you know, before there was SARS-CoV-2, just the one out of five common colds. You know, we're never told like how specific this test is. And it has not, I mean, it's changed a little bit over time, um, but it, it, it is, um, um, you know, what, what we have here is you could say maybe we have an animal tester. So, or, or what I like to do, the example I like to use is, a, um, for instance, a canine tester. So a wolf is a canine, a coyote is a canine, a fox is a canine. And you should, you know, if you had some kind of canine alert and you have a little, um, I don't know, a kid outside in the pool or whatever, and you could have a canine alert that there's a coyote in the neighborhood, people text and whatnot. They've got some, you know, you know, texting or WhatsApp alerts. Yeah, you should you should be on the, you know on the lookout for that coyote slash fox etc. Um, but you know if it, if it, all it does is detect canines or four-legged furry creatures and it, it detects the house cat or just to stick with you know canines it detects um, I don't know schnauzers pomeranians poodles uh, bichon frees and so forth uh, your test is going to be not that useful. Um, it's possible you might get hurt from a poodle. Um, it's not yours and, and so forth. And, and you might get having an allergy to it and so forth, but you're not going to have the same problem you are much more likely to have with a coyote, particularly in the vulnerable population, those unlikely to defend themselves. So if a 90 year old is sitting in the backyard sunbathing and a coyote comes, coyote comes along, uh, she's not going to be able to run away. The coyote has dinner. Uh, that's sad. You know, somebody more forthright um, and able to defend himself, you know, um, <laughs> you know imagine the cast from Yellowstone or whatever, uh, the, the coyote is going to regret entering. So it's very similar that, that the, I mean, with the, with the absence of children, children really are, are vulnerable to coyotes, but not COVID-19 or the subsequent. Um, so th this kind of explains things. I have a lot of people uh, coming to see me, well, in, in, inadvertently coming to see me, uh, comes up in conversation, both in my medical practice and, you know, some of the people, the older guys uh, who hang out at the tennis club and whatnot. Uh, somebody recently had, you know, COVID-19, he tested positive and he's, got, you know, for, for our tennis club, which mostly, you know, lean fit people. So forth, he's not. Um, and uh, I worried about him, uh, but he survived it. And so too has, you know, Mr. Biden, who's, you know, a little bit on the frail side. Um, it, if this is, if this had been COVID-19, uh, the odds might have been a little different for either slash both of them. Um, so again, why the distinction? Well, if you start using COVID-22, then the booster is no longer a booster. It's a COVID-19 shot that you're giving uh, too late. Um, you know, should there be a COVID-22 vaccine? Well, that's a totally separate question. I think Pfizer in March announced they were going to have one, but there's really not the same impetus. And 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 the reasons are are multifold. Uh, one of them, the most obvious, you know, medical legal one, financial, is that the EUA, the Emergency Use Authorization, you should learn that term, um, covers COVID-19. Not COVID-20, COVID-22. So the, the the wording for as far as Washington ease, um, bureaucrat 
you know, language is that it has to say COVID-19. So that's why this word is not changing, I believe. Um, um, but if, if they were to trot out a new uh, vaccine, they've never done one for a common cold. There's, there's no common cold vaccines for the adenovirus, the RSV. Uh, so for, there might be one for RSV, but it's not universally given. It's not really promoted and so forth because a common cold is not that bad. It's a schnauzer. It's a Pomeranian. It's, it's a poodle. So why should you, you know, vaccine or have alarms in your house for every, you know, poodle that passes by? A coyote detector, yeah, that, we're into that. But the coyote, coyotes are gone. And similar to the coyotes, you know, I think, you know, generationally, all of our domestic dogs literally were coyotes, foxes, wolves at some point, you know, I don't know how many thousands of years ago. And uh, you've probably seen memes on this topic, but, you know, the first coyote comes along, smells our fire and get some food and then you know a few generations later he's wearing little uh pink bows and um you know acting out at kids parties as a you know a chihuahua or something like that so you know the, the dogs that we have as domesticated uh, were probably much more vicious multi-generations ago but if they're going to depend on the human populace to sustain them without having an animal sanctuary the jungle the woods or whatever in which to go um then they are going to basically self-attenuate to not killing humans you know, if poodles as a breed and pit bulls, this happened with pit bulls a few years ago, uh, pit bulls were, were, you know, singled out, rightly or wrongly, I'm not a, a dog expert, um, as those most likely to bite. I think that's true. The question is how bad and how much are they sharks or are they, you know, kind of like a little bit worse than regular dogs? And so there was a, a bill to outlaw them in various uh, municipalities. Um, I'm not sure where it went, um, but, you know, on the gradation. So you could go from coyote to pit bull um, to, you know, Pomeranian, poodle, and whatnot. Right now, Omicron probably is somewhere along the poodle range. And if you have these poodles, they don't want to literally, almost literally bite the hand that feeds them. Um, if they do, they're going to be, you know, be put down. They are not going to reproduce and so forth. So if there is some strain in their minds that's like, oh, you know, kill humans, you know, get people and so forth, then that will peter out because we react to that and we will be getting rid of that type of dog. So whether it's, you know, the vicious version of pit bulls or the ones that Michael Vick had and so forth, you know, those are there. Uh, under certain circumstances, but they're not going to last and, and generate through the whole population. The coyotes and wolves still are with us, but they don't need us. So the, the more vicious canines um, exist and coexist in a sense with us because they don't need us. They don't have to be nice to people and we don't have to be nice to them. We're not. And it's vice versa. And so if now and then we kill a coyote, there are plenty more coyotes or foxes and so forth in the woods uh, from which to make more coyotes in the next generation. So they aren't relying on us. Um, the, the coronavirus initially, the COVID-19 version, frankly, the 2003 version, because that one say, came zoonotically from uh, Animal Reservoir, that one didn't need humans. And it showed up, boom, you know, with, with a force. Uh, and that's very much like the influenza, which has an animal reservoir and can come in, boom, and doesn't really care about people because it can go back to, uh, I think a lot of them are in pigs and some of them are in chickens and so forth. And they have their own animal reservoir and they can percolate and make new versions uh, over the succeeding uh, summer. And then they kind of, you know, when people are closed in in China, as the weather gets cold on the farm circuit, the peasants and so forth, they bring their pigs in for both for the pigs warmth and for their own warmth to help heat the house. And so there's a lot of, you know, respiratory contact with the pigs. And so there's a new version of influenza showing up all the time. So it's getting, while we're on the topic of influenza, you know, if, if I did what's kind of espoused in these articles um, as giving a booster uh, to the flu, and I said, well, you know, I've got a booster to the flu. It's the 2019 flu shot. I'm going to give that to you. Um, what would happen? Well, very, probably not that much would happen to you um, because you, it just wouldn't necessarily protect you for the upcoming version. But if there were a side effect and I didn't really have any benefit 
to have given having given it to you, especially if there were uh, more up to date flu shots, I would probably be sued uh, for malpractice or at least you know kind of finger pointed and, and and told not to do this in the future. Um, the like I said, the flu shot is kind of a little bit of a, a cocktail and has some kind of generic uh, H3 and H1 version and so forth. And I think there's an influenza B or two of those. And then they try to get the, the, the strain such as they're able to predict from the, um, you know, markets in China and so forth or wherever for the next version. But there's no real sense in getting another flu shot if you had one, say, a year or two or three years ago, if they're not going to provide something new. So we wouldn't keep boosting with the influenza shot from 2018. We could stop making flu shots by, by the same logic, as it were, that we're do calling the COVID-19 vaccine a booster, a booster, a booster, a booster, double booster, triple booster, quadruple booster, another booster. You know, we could do that. We could stop making flu shots completely and just give the 2018 version of the 2019, call it a booster every year. I'll get a booster, get a booster. But we don't do that. Why don't we do that? Because it doesn't make any sense. And we make new ones. It's dangerous enough to make new ones. We go out of our way to do so. And there you have it. Um, I think I've kind of somewhat exhausted myself, if not the topic. Um, let me see if there's some other things I can get to uh, on this front. Um, so I apologize. Uh, so I think that was a lot of, that was a lot of, uh, my points. I, I do want to emphasize that the COVID-19 vaccine has not changed since its inception. Uh, as far as the testing, uh, it, you know, what exactly is it testing? I think that changed at some point because the COVID-19 spike protein, the ancestral version no longer around and, um, a more knowledgeable friend of mine, uh, pointed out, uh, if I can find it here, um, that um, they they changed the endpoint um, of what they're testing for. Let me see if I can uh, find this. Uh, okay, so he said uh, they are not testing for the S protein with PCR anymore. They are now running two N letter N protein sequences in the RDRP. Uh, they have never shown us that the PCR is specific for the SARS-CoV-2 RDRP or N protein. That data is all produced by the manufacturer and we don't know what sequences they use for controls and they do not do controls for those in the actual product test. So basically these are existing kind of on their own um, and uh, you know, for your uh, um, uh, information, I'm gonna look up the RDRP because I don't know that. Uh, RNA dependent RNA polymerases, there you go. Um, so you know, they've changed what they're looking for because the, the SARS-CoV-2, the original 2019 version is not only not around, but it's, it's not around to the extent that they can't even find that. So they wound up looking for something else. So I'm going to give you, just put this up here. Uh, this is the RDRP, RNA dependent um, polymerase. Um, and for what it's worth, I mean, I, I think, you know, nice pictures. I'm not sure it's going to help you that much, but this is, you know, virus stuff. This is how they replicate themselves and how they let us uh, make us do their, their bidding. Um, I'm going to show you, um, let's see if I can find. Um, so th this is the current version that we have out here. Uh, uh, this is from covariance.org, uh, 22B Omicron. So they, the, 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 um, the research people, they, they call this um, BA.5, as you can see here, um, and Omicron, but the name is 22B. What does 22B mean? Well, it's the year, 2022. B means it's the second discrete version of Omicron to come out that's different enough from the first one that got its own name. So there was 22A, 
and there's 22B. If you look on the left-hand column, you can see that the researchers, they use my terminology. So they're going 2020, I, H, J, I mean, you know, the alphabet looks a little bit off there, but here we go. 21A is Delta, 21K. So at the end of 2021, we got the Omicron, another Omicron, and then they, they went back down because it's 22. They went, they started over at, at Alpha, Beta, um, uh, uh, Charlie, Delta, and so forth. Um, so the, these other ones will, will come around at a given point. Um, I can kind of show you, uh, let's see if I can find... Um, that's the same one. All right, so I, I can't be necessarily my own producer at the same time um, as this, but um, you know th these things come in waves. So the covariant.org, um, they don't even look at the ancestral version um, because uh, it's long gone, like those snails. Um, anyway, so I think that that might cover it for today. Uh, what's what 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 can we gain from this? Well, if we called it 2022. Uh, COVID-22, and we could, you know, I, I would have this name cover both the virus and the illness from it, uh, or maybe even take it away from uh, COVID-22. If we just call it common cold 22, um, we would go less, um, you know, bat crazy, no pun intended, over this and kind of get on with our lives. We would realize we get colds. And again, now and then somebody's going to, you know, die from a cold. Uh, it could turn into pneumonia. Uh, you know, in, in my hospital days, uh, and after certain points, we used to call pneumonia the old man's friend um, because people don't live forever. And when you get elderly slash very elderly, you're infirm, you're nursing home level, you're not clearing your mucus. And so when pneumonia comes along, can start as a flu, and then it's um, goodbye, you know, we miss you and so forth. And, and a lot of times there's relief because th those people weren't necessarily, um, they were on their last legs. They don't have, you know, they weren't participating and so forth. So if a cold knocks you over, a lot of times that's, uh, you were knocked knockable over. Um, I think I'm going to call it a day for today. I hope uh, to survive my own little uh, common cold, uh, common cold uh, 22. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what letter I'm up to. Um, <laughs> XX, whatever. Um, and, and I think you should uh, try to think of and use this terminology COVID-22. It's going to make a lot more sense. In, in summary, it's going to solve silly headlines. Like why did I, why'd you get four boosters, you know, four vaccines and you're still getting this? Well, because it doesn't cover this. Um, why, you know, are you getting breakthrough? Well, it's not breakthrough. It's a different virus. COVID-19 vaccine covered COVID-19. This one's completely different. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite analogies. Uh, I apologize if you've heard this before, but, and I apologize to Alec Baldwin in advance, but, you know, of the Baldwins, I mean, there are finding four prominent actor brothers. I remember the names of three of them. There's Alec, Stephen, and Billy. Um, and then there's Haley Baldwin who's married to Justin Bieber. She's uh, Alec Baldwin's niece. Um, so if you have a Baldwin's and, and you've heard that Alec Baldwin shot somebody on the set and you have a party um, and you don't want him there because whatever. So you give your security guard a picture of Alec Baldwin. So he's basically immunized or your house is immunized against Alec Baldwin. So Alec Baldwin tries to show up. He is sent away. He's not allowed entry and so forth. Your house is safe from Alec Baldwin. Now, Stephen Baldwin comes along and he looks Alec Baldwin enough um, possibly to get in. If you have a very astute guard, maybe he can differentiate between Stephen and Alec. And Stephen's not as dangerous. Maybe he's got a little bit of the, you know, kind of temper that Alec Baldwin had or some of the peremptory behaviors. I mean, Alec Baldwin not just shot somebody, but he's, you know, he's, he's kind of punched um, paparazzi and so forth. Maybe they deserve it. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, he's not quite there. Billy Baldwin, another ca character. So, so all the Baldwin brothers, maybe your vaccine, your policeman out there is, is not that good, but he's good enough to notice Baldwin-like 
um, characteristics, so he doesn't let any of them in, or maybe not, either way. But, but then when Haley comes along, she's a different generation like Omicron. She's somewhat related because she is a Baldwin, but she's not that Baldwin. You know, she's, has, she's not one of the brothers. She doesn't have as much genetic overlap as they do. Uh, she's a gal. She's younger. She's not dangerous. Uh, she's hanging with Justin Bieber. She's got her own career. She doesn't have kind of the interest in being a bald, uh, you know, a brash um, uh, Baldwin brother. And she's not. And so she should get into your party and you shouldn't worry about her. So if you start saying, well, we have an Alec Baldwin at the party now. Haley's here. Haley Baldwin's here. Well, people would laugh at you. It's like, that is not Alec Baldwin. Like, what planet are you on? That's Haley Baldwin. Very, very different. And as I described above. So, you know, what would be the point there? Well, again, COVID-22 would would you know differentiate and provide a lot of clarity to incorrect terminology uh, such as we've seen lately and i think there you have it um let me know if you like any of this stuff and uh, pass along feel free to share um i always try to give a little plug at the end um i've got my book overturning zika uh that's me the name not the mosquito um although i've been told i'm a pest now and then uh please go buy it on amazon and um, pass it around i really could use a review and even more so a great review <laughs> or good review. And they're better if they if it's somebody who's purchased the book because uh, those are verified uh, reviews. So um, that that will help me and it'll help solve the last great pandemic. Nobody remembers it much anymore, but Zika microcephaly was supposed to uh, cause one million, one million, um, you know, extra uh, microcephalic uh, babies. Uh, who would have very limited capabilities for life per year around the tropics. Uh, this has not happened. Microcephaly is ancient and there will always be some cases, but there's been no increase and Zika has been tested, 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 and there's been no association ever since then. There probably wasn't at the time. Uh, so that's my Zika book. Uh, please let me know if I can help you in any way. Uh, have a